into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's resident of the hot seat. Welcome, Caitlin Joyce, to the podcast. Caitlin, it's your first time here. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just fine and dandy this fine afternoon. It has stopped raining after about 37 hours in a row. <laughs> it's been rough here. We had so many flood warnings. It was awful. <laughs> and <laughs> yet, days. and yet, Caitlin, rain. Not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who cares? It's not locusts. It's not Blood. tyrannical <laughs> like dictators it. the White House. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's what <laughs> could go either way. <laughs> 2020, folks. 2020. Uh, well, Caitlin, this is your first time in the hot seat. So, uh, although I know who you are, uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there are wondering, who is this in the hot seat? It's a new voice. So, thumbnail sketch, elevator pitch. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of that biographical blurb? Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? You know. Whatever you can do in like, you know, 15 seconds ago. Uh, yeah, I'm Caitlin Joyce. I currently live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I work for a pharmaceutical company as a technical writer. Um, I used to do triathlons when we still had them because, you know, 2020, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going a bit stir crazy. So trivia is an outlet to like see other people. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I live here with my fiance, my two dogs and a cat. It's a zoo of an apartment. <laughs> we bought a zoo. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Beat My Guest family. Uh, uh, you are always uh, welcome. Everyone is welcome at the Beat My Guest family. Just come on in. The water's fine. Just don't sit in the seat. It's very hot. <laughs> Caitlin's about to find that out here. Here is what's going on. We are in the middle of our first ever annual Beat My Guest Tournament. 16 different contestants are going to take their own individual turn in the hot seat. You are contestant number 14. So we're just about to wrap this puppy up in just a few weeks. Uh, the top six scorers are going to move on to the semifinal round. We'll come back and attempt to battle it once more until we can winnow this field down to a single, solitary, supreme champion. Other words that begin with S as well. I don't know. My alliteration skills are a little off. 2020, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but hey, the point is, you are going to try your best here today to set the highest scores possible and maybe, just maybe, move into that top six, hold off the two defenders yet to come. Uh, is this a battle that you are ready to uh, undertake? Sure, why not? Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm is unbridled, it's, folks. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 2.11. It's, it's fine. <laughs> well, Caitlin... 
in the tournament. Every tournament game starts off with the same type of game. It is a game that I call this, that, or the other. Here is how it works. I am going to give you three categories. Then I'm going to read off a list of ten items. For each item that you can correctly place in its proper category, you will receive one point. Easy peasy. What's the catch, you are asking? Well, you have to be careful, Caitlin. Some items may, in fact, fit multiple categories, in which case you'll only get the point if you correctly state all of the categories into which that item fits. Now, two things I'm going to promise you right from the outset. Scout's Honor. I was not a scout, but Scout's Honor anyway. Uh, each item does fit in at least one category. There are no shenanigans in that regard. I'm not going to pull the rug out from under you and go, ha ha, you're a fool. I don't want to make you look foolish. You'll do that on your own. And <laughs> also, these 10 items are being pulled from a larger list of items at random. So don't try and game theory your way into thinking, oh, well, we've had five in a row from this category. The six one campaign. Anything is possible. It is random. That's all the preamble. I got nothing left. Let me give you the categories for your game here today. This, category number one, is Hugo Weaving Rolls. Rolls played by Hugo Weaving. I noticed a discernible lack of shudder there because I know Caitlin is a pop culture expert, I've been told. So she ain't going to be scared. <laughs> all right. That... Your second category is that BTS. BTS is that. And the other characters from Lost. Lost characters. That's your this, that, and the other, Caitlin. Hugo Weaving Rolls. BTS. Lost characters. One final warning before we get started. This is a verbal round, an auditory round. Uh, homophones are fair play, therefore I am not spelling any of my items for you because uh, that spelling could throw you off of a homonym, which would you know make you get the wrong answer. So we're not going to do that. Blah blah blah. Sweet, blah 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 blah. Shut up, AJ. Give her the first item. You ready? <laughs> sure. Let's do this. Uh, but by, by the time I have the third year of this tournament, I'm going to have all of these intros winnowed down to like 13 <laughs> seconds, as opposed to the five minutes they take now. All right. <laughs> item number one. Good luck, Rex. Item number one is Rex. Is that Hugo Weaver roll, BTS, or a lost character? Well, I don't remember that on Lost, so I'm going to nix that. And I sadly don't know all the BTS people. <laughs> I know a few of them. And I, Hugo Weaving, Rex is just so open. I don't... Hmm. I'm going to put it in BTS, though. You are going to put it in BTS. T S. Well, you know, this is a warm up. We're going to need a little time to warm up here, and that's okay. Uh, unfortunately, no, I'm sorry. It is not BTS. This is a role portrayed by Hugo Weaving. Uh, Rex was a character from Babe and Babe Pig in the City. He did the voice. <laughs> for oh. Rex, a character Yeah, I wouldn't pinpoint that one. No, no, well, that's what makes this game a little tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Can I give you the point? That's all right. It's, it's just the first one. We got plenty more all to right. go. Moving along to item number two, G-Min. G-Min. 
Now, I don't want to overthink this. <laughs> I do not remember them in Lost, and that seems like that would be a very cultural appropriation thing for Hugo Weaving. So I'm going to put that in BTS. <laughs> BTS is correct. Well done. You're on the board. See? Easy peasy. Let us keep going here. Item number three, R-M. I know I said I wouldn't spell it, but R-M. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Hugo Weaving on that one. Hugo Weaving is your answer. I am sorry, R M. I mean, I assume it's not pronounced Rm, but R M is a member of BTS. Okay. See, this is where it would come in handy if I memorize all of them. It's on my to do list. Certainly on your to do list now. Yes, indeed. Item number four. Keeping it moving. V. V. <laughs> The oh, so general. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving is your answer. Well, you're not wrong. He was V in the movie V for Vendetta, so V is correct there. Unfortunately, V is also the name of a member of BTS. What? Ah, <laughs> oh, hey, so tricky. I didn't name these guys. <laughs> Don't worry, plenty of game left to go, and this is intentionally a tricky category. It's not yeah. as easy as it looks. It really no, isn't. It's not. <laughs> All right, item number five. Item five, gin. Okay, that one I know. That one's lost, but then I'm not sure if it's not also a BTS person now, because now I'm like gun shy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say lost and BTS. Lost and BTS. Boy, it would have been really cruel of me to, to give you a Korean name from Lost and it not be in BTS, right? No, it is indeed oh, both. You are correct. Well done. <laughs> well done. Jin is both a Lost character and a member of BTS. You know, you would, you, a lot of you out there were going, oh, well, this is easy. It's not that easy. All right. <laughs> Let us keep this going here. Keep it going here. Item number six, Mitzi. Mitzi. Now I'm trying to think of how many members of BTS there would be. <laughs> Don't uh, try to game theory this. Although I know. I suppose, I suppose counting isn't game theory. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I don't remember Mitzi and Lost, unless it was some kind of weird side character I forgot about, which there were 30 billion of them, so who knows. Um, I, I'm going to say... I'm going to wing it here. I'm going to say BTS and Hugo Weaving. <laughs> <laughs> bts and hugo weaving i think i've gotten inside your head here a little bit <laughs> uh no i am sorry uh not a member of bts uh cannot give you that one it is hugo weaving however uh that would be the character that he played in priscilla queen of the desert forgot he was even in that movie <laughs> yeah so cannot give you the point there i mean you were half right but we half don't right. get half points so no it's, it's all good point. item number seven echo i also don't remember this in lost either uh i'm gonna say hugo weaving hugo weaving unfortunately not correct this was indeed a character on lost mr echo played by oh adewale akinue agbaje yep yes oh man it helps with the mister in front of that. Well, <laughs> yes. Reason. But I get it. Okay. <laughs> they, called, they just called him Echo at times, indeed. Uh, item number eight, Boone. All right. That one's definitely lost. Um, 
but then now I'm not so sure if it's just lost. Oh, uh, let's say, all right, I'm going to go with lost only. Lost only is correct. I'm cutting okay. you off before you double you cut yourself off there. No, no, it won't let you do it. Yes, that is, of course, Ian Summerholter on Lost played Boone. Item number nine, sugar. Sugar. Ooh. It's ringing a bell. Now I just have to place it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving is not correct. Sugar is part of the gaggle of guys in BTS. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, what are you going to do? We have one more item left. Let's wrap up this, that, and the other. I'm sure Caitlin can't wait for <laughs> us to move on to something other than this or that. Item 10, Jungkook. Okay, that one's BTS. That one I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one I know. <laughs> well done. Well done indeed. Jungkook again uh now uh just just so that you know there there i, I believe there are seven members of pts okay. of which we actually went through six of them <laughs> it turns out here by random by random do you, do you happen to know any of the others the, the, the seventh one that we didn't get to no jin was the only one i think i other remembered besides jin uh john cook so <laughs> for sure just just for completion to sake the the other one was j-hope of course <laughs> K-pop is something I listen to sometimes, but I do not know any of the members of anything. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair, absolutely. It's not like uh, Sungyu from Infinite. <laughs> For those of you who watched uh, the Korean game show The Genius, one of our favorite television shows of all time. But uh, anywho, that's neither here nor there. We can discuss later. <laughs> uh, four out of ten. You know, four sounds low, but it's four points. It's True. not a zero. And there's so much game left. Before we get to that so much game that is left, obviously, I spend a lot of time on this show talking to you and filling you in with little tidbits of knowledge that you might not know. I think it's only fair for that turnabout to take place. I have tasked Caitlin, as I task all my guests in the hot seat, to come prepared with a little tidbit of their own to share with you so that it's not just coming from me. So, Caitlin, what do you know? Uh, yeah, I actually found out this little tidbit uh, earlier this week uh, when I was playing a game with a friend, and uh, apparently M. Night Shyamalan wrote the script for She's All That, which shocked me. I mean, there's a twist you didn't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty the whole time. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so would that really be a twist then? If uh... <laughs> We could see it! Why couldn't they, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did some... I did not... I. I did not know that. I knew I knew of Joss Whedon uh, having written Toy Story, uh, which was also surprising to me uh, that he had done a pass on that. Yeah, they they uh, they sold the script on somebody else's draft, and uh, they they gave it to M Night to punch it up. And apparently, uh, that was what actually got the studio to say, "Yeah, yeah, we like this script now." And <laughs> you know, at the end, at the end, when when she was all that but saw dead people, they said, J "Change that part." <laughs> That's never going to work. Put that in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that tidbit. Has any influence on the rest of the game? <laughs> if, if you've listened to any of these shows, you know it's going to, folks. Anyway, let's move on to that rest of the game. With the portion of the game that I... We're up to... You're the 14th person here. 
I've decided I'm not even going to try and come up with a name for this section. It's the, you know, the middle section of the game with the bulk of the questions that they're, you know, that that's what, you know, come up with a, cl- come up with a clever name at BMG pod on Twitter. In any event, there are five questions ahead of you, Caitlin. First question, always going to be worth one point. Second question, going to be worth two points. Third question, it's going to be a little bit of fun twist of a question worth up to three points. The fourth question, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Four points. Oh my god, and, shocking. Yeah, and and no M. Night Shyamalan twist here, folks. The fifth question is worth five points. <laughs> <laughs> but it was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually has to do with the 1800s. And no, they were, no, they were in the present the whole time. Oh my gosh. Swing away, swing away. Anyway. <laughs> Caitlin, are you ready to get me off of this tangent and onto the rest of the game? <laughs> yes, let's get this ball rolling. <laughs> All right. Question one for you worth one point if you are to get it right. Here it is. Born in 1881, Laura Scudder became one of the richest people in America, running a multi million dollar company, even through the Great Depression. Thanks to her having invented what? What was the innovative invention of Laura Scudder, born in 1881, and head of a multi-million dollar company through the Great Depression? This I do not know off the top of my head, so let me see if I can kind of logic my way into this. Haven't heard of Laura Scudder, 1881, through the Great Depression. So what would have been through the Great Depression? What would people still need? It wasn't cosmetics wasn't maybe laundry soap (laughs) i don't know uh let's see here i'm going to say laundry soap laundry detergent a fine fine guess on your part there uh the logic trying to figure out what would americans need even through the great depression obviously is a really good place to start uh you were thinking perhaps they would need cleaning supplies Perhaps even more pertinent. I mean, they could they could look grubby. They needed food. They needed food. She was in uh, the food industry in many ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, Laura Scudder was the woman who invented the bag of chips. The bag of chips. We went from all that and a bag of chips here. Uh, yeah, she was the, she was uh, she ran a, a potato chip company, and at the time, all the potato chip companies just put all the chips into the back of a cart and sold them right off the cart and they would go stale very quickly. And she said, hey, if we take some wax paper and we iron it into like a little shape there, we can preserve them and have them last longer. She was also the first person to put the expiration date of food on the bag. Uh, So she became a multimillionaire thanks to the invention of the bag of chips. Hmm. All right. Learn something new today. Yeah, some of these I don't expect you to get, but it's only one point, so I figure you're not going to be mad yeah. at me. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's the through line there. All that and a bag of chips. It's funny. It's it's comedy. It's, it's clever. <laughs> yeah, 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 I try. All right, let's let's get us onto some real questions here. <laughs> hmm, of course, if you've gotten it right, you'd be dancing through the streets. So you know, <laughs> fair is fair. All right, two point question here. This is what it is. What television show from the 1970s introduced a character named Raul, a 12-year-old boy who illegally crosses the border by hiding in the trunk of an elderly American's car while he goes fishing in Tijuana? 1970s TV shows. 
with a little kid named Raul. Let's see. Fishing in Tijuana. So, ooh, let's see here. Who would go fishing and why in Tijuana, of all places? <laughs> oh, man. Why do I not know this? I feel like this would be something I should know. Um, so there's like, I'm confusing my could be 80s TV shows with my 70s TV shows. This is my weakness. It's 1970s and 80s TV shows. So, um, and I, <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see here. This seems like something that some rich old white guy would do. <laughs> go fishing random places oh that makes me think you know what screw it. i'm gonna say fantasy island <laughs> <laughs> fantasy island yeah that's how mr rourke got tattoo tattoo <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that would that would have been something i don't know that we ever really had the backstory of how tattoo became tattoo uh in the tv show we certainly had it on in the really crappy crappy remake uh, movie that they recently throw out there where michael pena played uh, mr rourke um don't watch it please for the love of god don't watch it i actually didn't watch it myself i just watched the cinema sins recap of it and woof woof uh fine guess fine guess there so uh a lot of times even if you're not going to know the answer there is a way to back your way into it if you think about perhaps your fact and maybe a theme for the show and where we're going with these things but anyway it was a tv show in the 1970s uh, was very successful, really successful, lasted for about two seasons. And then the main character, uh, the actor who played the main character, committed suicide. Uh, and so they had to find a way to replace this character. And they thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we gave this old guy, a 12-year-old Mexican orphan, to take care of? Ha, ha, ha. Hilarity ensued. Uh, and that's what they did, and that's where Raul came from. This was, of course, the television show starring Jack Albertson. You might know him as Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. Uh, and uh, Freddie Prince Sr., Chico and the Man. Chico right. and the Man. We went from Freddie Prince Jr., star of She's All That, to the show starring his father, Chico and the Man. I honestly forgot his father was also an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they had actually, he killed himself several hours after they shot an episode where uh, Chico, Freddie Prince uh, character, Chico uh, convinces the man that he is uh, talking to God. He sets up a speaker system and he has conversations with him pretending to be God. I'm like, that's a really good headspace to put your star in when he's committing, <laughs> pondering committing suicide. Oof. Yeesh. I, I, I don't know why they ever aired that episode. <laughs> That might have been one you should have been like, you know, we should probably pull this. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's his last performance. but Anywho, we're up to our third question. Our third question, Caitlin, as always, is our fun little, little game within a game called Fungo. Three of a kind. Here's how Fungo works. Three disparate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. We do it a little bit differently here in our tournament than we did in times past. I'm going to give you one clue. If you can get the answer that I'm looking for on that one clue and one clue alone, I will give you those three points. If you get it wrong, no harm, no foul. We'll move on to clue number two. If you get it right after two clues, two points. And if you need all three clues in order to get that word, one point will be headed your way. Of course, if you miss all three times, three strikes, you're out. Zero points. I mean, come on. I'm not a charity here. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a quiz show. You've got to earn it. But let's see how you do with your fungo today. As always, I've set this up where I've 
written. One clue I think is perhaps easier than the other two. One clue that's of medium uh, difficulty, and one that's a little bit tougher than the other two. Uh, but far be it for me to decide which you're going to get. You're going to pick randomly from my three columns A, B, and C within which those three clues have been randomly distributed. Again, game theory, not going to help you here. Uh, which one would you like, A, B, or C? I'm going to go with B. B it is, here is your fungo, brown on sliders. Brown on sliders. Uh, let's see. I haven't seen sliders, but brown makes, to me... Sounds like a man's name. So let's think of like the men in She's All That. There's Matthew Lillard. There's Paul Walker. Oh, let's see here. I, I'm going to say Dulé Hill. Yeah. Uh, Dulé Hill. That's not what we're looking for. So let All us, right. no problem. Let us move on. Would you like A or C? I'm going to go with C. C, Nightwatch creator. Oh, no. Oh, my skill with puzzles and clues is not great. Uh, let's see here. Nightwatch creator. So I'm thinking of directors and writers. Oh my gosh. Unless I'm coming in at the wrong angle completely, which I probably am. Oh, I have no idea. Ah, uh, Walker. <laughs> Walker is not correct. Yeah. Let's move on to clue number three, which is in column A for those of you keeping score at home. Discontinued toothpaste. Ooh. Okay. Nightwatch creator. Brown on sliders. Discontinued toothpaste. So what's a discontinued? Is Aquafresh still there? Is that still a thing? But that would be a weird name. Uh, so that would be Nightwatch. Brown on sliders. Oh, man. So let's, let me go back to the original hint. What was sliders? I'm trying to think. So brown on sliders, which, unless you mean the burger, which I feel like you don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Discontinued toothpaste. So, like, we still have Crest. <laughs> we still have Colgate. Oh, my God. What could it possibly be? I've, I'm just not doing well with this. For some reason, I can't figure out this dang puzzle. Oh, what's that? Let's see. What's that Brescia, Brescia, Brescia commercial from Greece? <laughs> what was that for? Oh, the toothpaste. Oh, uh, mm. all right. We're going to go with Cook. Cook. <sighs> I am sorry. Oh, man. Could not get it. If I told you that the Night Watch in question is a painting, also known as the shooting company of Franz Benning Cook and Willem van Reutenberch, but commonly called the Night Watch, would that help you? I was thinking it was a painting. <laughs> Sitting there like I'm like, but then I got it confused with Nighthawks. <laughs> so I was like, no. Yes, that would be Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Rembrandt is the painter yeah, of the Night Watch. Uh, there is a character called the Crying Man, a.k.a. Rembrandt Brown on sliders. And Rembrandt was a brand of toothpaste that is no longer found on shelves so yeah. rembrandt that's what we were looking for there and i know that painting too and i'm picturing it in my head now and i'm like yeah it's possible it's possible that was the easy clue so it's possible if you got that one first yeah. you could have you know once you get in your head on, on something and start looking down, down the wrong path it, yeah 
it's hard to get back on track. I feel like that's exactly what it was. I took a hard left at Albuquerque and then just kind of stayed over there. <laughs> You're never going to find Pismo Beach that way. I'm sorry. No. It's not going to happen. Uh, all right. Let's get you back on track here. Speaking of back on track, we've got two questions left. Still plenty of time for you to build up points. And, of course, we have that final question coming up, that dreaded final question. We'll get there. We'll get there. This is the four-pointer. Let's see what we can do here. Clear your brain for a minute. Clear your brain. Ah, in with the good thoughts, out with the bad thoughts. Oh, no. I went in with the good thoughts first. There's no room for them. They bounce right back out. Ah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> question four. The first ever Pulitzer Prize for audio reporting was handed out in May of 2020. And it went to a story about Mexican immigration issues in the era of president number 45, whose name shall not be mentioned. Who is the producer and host of the show which created this award-winning piece? I feel like this is This American Life, if I remember reading that correctly, which makes me think it's... Is that Ira Glass? Oh, my God. Is that Ira Glass? My NPR knowledge is going downhill, not driving to work every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's Ira Glass. I'm pretty sure if it's This American Life. They, I don't know why it took this long to come up with this prize. I mean, you know, it's reporting. It's just reporting in a different format. And they finally figured out that, you know, hey, podcasts and radio news reports, they could probably win a Pulitzer Prize, too, if they do a pretty good job. I'm glad you didn't fall into the trap of thinking that this was serial, uh, although they didn't do that story. But you never know. It's certainly the most, I would say, popularly known podcast name that that came out of the new uh, brand of reportage. Uh, But yes, it was This American Life. And it was... They call me Mr. Glass. Yes. Yes. <laughs> points on the board. Four points for you, Ira Glass. I, I don't think he'll be played by Samuel L. Jackson in the movies, but nevertheless, Glass is indeed the answer. Well done. You now have eight. I told you the points were there. Their points were there. <laughs> Sitting on eight points. One more question left. It is the big one. It is worth five juicy points, if you were to get it right. Five points. And... This is a special question. Special, it's a new form of question that I kind of came up with. I've been told through the grapevine, pop culture is your thing. So rather than ask you one pop culture question, uh, only one answer is required here. But this is going to be a kind of what I'm calling a pop culture train of thought. So I'm going to get your head. I'm going to walk you through a headspace leading you from connection to connection. Kind of reading my mind and how I come up with questions here, sort of. (laughs) Hopefully, there's enough ins here that if even if you if you know just one of the ins that should push, push because it's new and experimental, five points. All right. Anyway, I am thinking of an acapella cover of a song. This song was written for a 1975 film and appeared on an album whose name references that film. That film inspired a TV show whose opening credit sequence features three high schoolers trying to hitch a ride while a Henry Mancini tune plays. To get your five points, I need you to name the TV show. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to think about. Talk me through it. Oh, man. Be back Uh, in about 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) seriously. So 1975 films. see. I think that was the year I just recently rewatched this. It was Rocky Horror, I think, was that year. It was Jaws. 
I don't think either of those have spinoff TV shows. Um, what else was that year? That was primetime Monty Python stuff. Oh, man. Let's see. Three Teenagers, Henry Mancini. Let me try to remember who that is. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. That sounds like who is it? that sounds like an Italian guy. So let's see. Like, so I'm thinking classical music, classical composers. Uh, three people running around TV show. Was Mancini, that name sounds awfully familiar. Was he the guy who did the Pink Panther music? That sounds right. Yeah. So, okay. So, if he did that, those are movies. What was the year of the TV show? Did you give that? I did not. Okay. But I don't remember that. That was a little, a, literally a Pink Panther running across the screen. I don't remember children. Oh. If he did that, what other things were that? Oh, my gosh. I'm just, I'm so stuck on Pink Panther now, but I don't remember that being the opening. So, now I'm like, what could have? What could that song be used in? <laughs> Crud. Um, acapella covers. So it's, uh, it's three children. TV show. Three high schoolers, not three, three children. Three high schoolers. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're children. <laughs> yes, but you know. Uh, just 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 for accuracy's sake. Now I'm stuck on the acapella covers and what it could possibly be. What else was his music used for? I don't even know if that's correct. <laughs> Did a lot of jazzy stuff. So if we're doing that, it's all that. So what else would be jazzy? Uh, Frasier has a jazzy thing, but that's not an acapella cover. Or, or no, there was music in there. Uh, and now I'm thinking acapella in front of the TV show, but that also wasn't a Henry Mancini song. That was. <laughs> oh my gosh, what could it possibly have been used for? And now I'm thinking of movies. So thinking jazzy movies or j- jazzy music in front of movie. Oh my gosh. I am so stuck on this damn Pink Panther. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> say it because I don't know if that's right. But I at least know that was a TV show. That would mean it would need lyrics because <laughs> otherwise it's not acapella. I have no idea. All right, I'm going to have to say Pink Panther, and I know that's not correct. Pink Panther is not correct. You, you knew that already, but kudos to you. Henry Mancini did compose the pink panther so you are don't feel bad about that you were down the wrong track there that that is exactly who henry mancini is probably most famous he he, he composed a lot of music you know he was he was a composer all right so let's walk ourselves through this so the acapella cover of a song which was written for a 1975 film and appeared on an album whose name references that film the group in question who sang that song was Boys to Men, which you perhaps could have, you know, high schoolers, they're boys becoming men. But anyway, uh, Boys to Men, the name of the song. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. So that song, very much a hit. It was originally written for a movie called Cooley High. Okay. And the name of the Boys to Men first album is Cooley High Harmony. So that's where that all ties in together. Cooley High was a film about black students in a black community going to high school and the trials and tribulations uh, that related to that experience. They decided, hey, let's make that into a television show. They came up with this wacky comedy with Raj and Dwayne and Rerun. And in the opening credits of the show, they're running around 
throwing a basketball around and then they end up hitching a ride uh, while the theme song of this show, which was composed by Henry Mancini, is playing in the background. I think you know what it is now. See, the problem is, is this is one of I said before, that I'm really bad at 70s and 80s TV shows. <laughs> but I know Rerun. <laughs> you know Rerun. The name of the show! What's happening? happening. What's okay. happening? Happening, of course, the name of a film by M. M. Night Shyamalan. It like always... forget about that film. <laughs> well, but I don't know. What are you talking about? The trees. I think the trees are out to get us. The trees are coming to get us. I'm a science teacher. Can't you believe me? I'm a science teacher from Philadelphia. Don't you hear it in my accent? I'm totally from Philadelphia. Oh, Marky Mark. Oh. When will you learn? What's happening was the answer. It was a hard question. Yeah. No question about it. Do not feel bad. We'll see if that comes up again with the pop culture stream of consciousness. And you're not done. <laughs> no. <God. laughs> I see you trying to escape. No, get back here. Stop our guards. Guards. Uh, we have one question left, Caitlin, and that question is called the guillotine. We got the guillotine. Yes, the guillotine question. One final question is before you. One answer is required. If you get it right, Caitlin, you will double your score on the spot. No questions asked. I will happily turn your 8 into a 16. That's if you get it right. Yeah. <laughs> There's now, if that you get it wrong, <laughs> no, 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 it's not bad. If you get it wrong, your score stays the same. No harm, no foul. <laughs> What's the catch? <laughs> it's always a catch. Yes. If. Either you don't give an answer if you tap out. That's not allowed. Or if you give an answer that doesn't fit the question at all, i.e., no sandbagging allowed here. <laughs> but if, which is more likely to happen if it's going to happen, if you give the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer, well, then that blade comes down and it is off with your head and your score will get chopped in half. We don't want that to happen. We don't want to pay someone to mop up the mess. No. So here, Caitlin, is your guillotine question. Good luck. Ponder carefully. Choose wisely. And keep your head. Caitlin, what is the largest island in the world? Not counting continental landmasses in terms of square mileage. Looking for the largest island in the world. Not counting continental landmasses. In other words, Australia is out of the mix. Largest island in the world. In terms of square mileage, name me that island. Okay, so I feel like I've gotten this wrong many a time because <laughs> geography. Um, but like, oh, let's see. So obvious answer to me is like, since it's not Australia, <laughs> it's probably Greenland. But I'm wondering if that's wrong. And that's what I've said before. And it's been wrong. But it doesn't have to be an independent country necessarily. So I'm going to say Greenland going to say greenland okay greenland is your answer it is locked in just like your neck is locked into that little brace there with the blade dangling above it there so <laughs> a lot of people you know when they see those maps when they're growing up uh, in the high school that greenland looks really 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 big on the mercator projection because it's yeah. just it ain't that big uh let me uh first of all at least let me spare you a little anxiety here <laughs> by showing you the guillotine answer. That guillotine answer 
an island that is 288,000 plus square miles. Uh, that would have been the island of Borneo, Borneo, which many seasons of Survivor have taken place on the island of Borneo. A uh, very popular island there. That is third. Question is, what is first in second place with 303,381 square miles? That would be the island of uh, New Guinea. Okay. And by a large portion. I said it wasn't as big as it is on the map, but it's still pretty half and big. <laughs> 822,700 square miles is the island of Greenland. Well done. Thank you God. doubled your score. See, that's a question where you just, just the fear of the guillotine is going to throw you off of Greenland, I think. Still the clear and far away number one answer, which is why I like that question. <laughs> Well, because I know that Mercator projection is, like, wrong. So, like, for years, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's huge. But I always am like, no, it's not. Indeed. So, you, Caitlin, well done. A final score of 16, which is damned respectable in this tournament. It is not, however, going to be enough to get you into the semifinals. Um, Unfortunately, currently, we have a tie for sixth place in that regard at 22. But... 60 is not that far for 22. You acquitted yourself very nicely there towards the end. Before I let you go, I'm going to give you a few pardon words to maybe yell at me a little bit or hopefully more more to sing my praises and, and, and pimp whatever you want. It's your time. The floor, as they say, is yours. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that was, that was tough because it was all in not my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I'm at least very happy who I remembered that Mancini was a person and <laughs> I remembered that. Uh... But now I need to go home and uh, study K-pop members and try to categorize them better because that's always something that comes up and I always get it wrong. Or, or you can go into J-pop, uh, you know, work your way down the alphabet. Whoa, whoa, slow <laughs> down, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Uh, check out Baby Metal and Give Me Chocolate if you haven't already. It's well worth, well worth the time there. Uh, Caitlin, thank you so much for being my guest. It was a joy on my end. Uh, if you out there want to get in touch with me, you can do it at, at BMGPod on Twitter. If you'd like to join our fan community, we have a lovely little community going on on the Facebook. Meet my guest, the fans, hot seats. You can parlay with us. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, come to the Facebook group and join us there. Of course, if you want to contribute to the cause, we ain't going to say no to that. Patreon.com slash BeatMyGuest. The tournament moves on. Just two contestants left. We'll see who's in the semifinals in just a little bit over a fortnight. No, don't play Fortnite. Don't spend your time on that. It's, uh, what is it, Among Us now. Fortnite's so 2019. Come on, people. Uh, Anyway, thank you all for listening. I'll shut up now. Until the next time, take care, everyone, and bye-bye. My outros get longer and longer and more <laughs> rambling. Time. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.